Um, past couple weeks, we've been looking at the book of 1 John, the love, the hate, and the relationships. In my first sermon, I talked about how our relationship with Jesus can start a new beginning in us and how we need to be in fellowship with those who have also started that new beginning with Christ. In my second sermon, I talked about how we are not to love the things of the world, and by walking less like the world and more like Christ, that will be good for every single relationship that we are in. Last week, I talked about how we are children of God, and as children of God, we need to be fully dependent on God to love God and to love like God. This week, we're going to talk about how God's perfect love should cause us to be fearless. The title of my sermon is, It's Friday, I'm in Love. First John 4, 7 to 19, and then 1 John 5, 1 to 5. Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how he showed love for us. He sent his son, his his one and only Son, into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever, ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Now, 1 John 5, 1 to 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is a Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commandments aren't, aren't burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. What, what are you afraid of? If you have... Arachabudorophobia, you have the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Our kids director, Allie, she hopes that no one has bibliophobia. That's the fear of books. <laughs> if you have consecotaliophobia, you better stay away from nice Chinese restaurant in downtown because that's the fear of chopsticks. 
It appears that none of you have cathisophobia, that's the fear of sitting down. Okay, you're up. Okay. Or koinophobia, which is a fear of rooms. Franklin Roosevelt, you might know, he said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That's phobophobia, or <laughs> the fear of phobias. If you want more phobias, look phobialist.com. The 2022 Chapman University Survey of American Fears suggests that Americans' Americans fears center on five main topics. Corrupt government officials, harm to a loved one, war, environmental concerns, and economic concerns. You know, some fear is good. An article I read in Psychology Today says... If people didn't fear, they wouldn't be able to protect themselves from legitimate threats. Fear is a vital response to physical and emotional danger that has been pivotal throughout human history. Interestingly, it also says research shows that babies do not appear to show signs of fear until about 8 to 12 months of age, usually in response to new people or events. But they're less likely to show a fear of strangers when sitting on their parents' lap. And while some fears may be innate in humans, many fears are learned, perhaps most commonly by seeing a parent react fearfully to an animal or situation, or to frequently warn a child about its dangers. The reason why I got to thinking about fears is that in the center of our passage today, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I don't think most of us would equate perfect love with not being afraid. But as I thought about it more and more and looked into the verses before our verse and after this verse, I'm realizing that God's perfect love manifested through Christ Jesus should drive out any fear that we have. Here are four reasons I came up with to not be fearful. Number one, we are God's beloved, born of God, and knowing God. Number two, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and we will have confidence in the day of judgment. Number three, God lives in us through the Spirit. And number four, if we are born of God and have faith in him, we have overcome the world. So let's look at the first one. We are God's beloved, born of God, and knowing God. In our passage today, I took the first word from the New American Standard Bible and the rest from the NIV. The NIV says, dear friends, at the beginning of our verses, but I don't like that translation too much. Because if you look at the Greek words, it tells us who we really are. And the NASB uses it, beloved, or agapetos. This word is more than just a close friend. It has its roots in the word agape. Matthew and Mark and, uh, and Luke, they use agapetos in the verses that talk about Jesus being baptized. I'll read it from, first, uh, from Mark 1, 9-11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And the voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved, or agapetos, you are my beloved son, in whom, in whom I am well pleased. 
evangelical biblical scholar Kenneth Woost, he translates agapetos as divinely loved ones. We are agapetos to God. We are loved by him. And if we love with that love that comes from God, we're, our passage says we're not only born of God, but we know God. The word for know is gnosko. The same word is used in John 10, 14 to 15, three times. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. So we shouldn't be fearful because not only do we know God, we are known by God. I don't know how many of you have seen that movie Elf. Can you picture can you picture Will Ferrell's character, Buddy the Elf? I can hear him talking about Santa Claus. Santa, Santa's coming. I know him, right? How exciting is it that we can be known by God? We know God, and we're known by God. God, I know him, right? We can know him intimately, just as God knows the Son, and the Son knows God. God knows the Father, and Father knows the Son. We can have that intimate relationship with God because we are his agapetas. We are his beloved. We can know God with the same knowing that Christ knows God. The fact that I am known and we are known by the maker of all things, the maker of even the things that make us afraid, that makes me not so fearful anymore because the things I'm afraid of, God made those things, right? So we shouldn't be fearful because we are God's beloved. We're born of God and we know God and God knows us intimately. Number two, the reason we shouldn't be afraid is Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We will have confidence in the day of judgment. A couple weeks ago, and even this morning, someone asked me if I was nervous or scared to come up and preach to you. And I told them that not really, I generally like talking to people. And I strike up a conversation with, with everyone. I mean, even a cashier, and, and, and my wife's like, did, did you know that person? I was like, no, I don't know that person. I'm just, just making conversation. I mean, wh why do I do that? Well, for me, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? I embarrass myself, and I never see, maybe I say something stupid, and I might not see that person ever again. Right? So even if the worst happens in any situation, we are still known and loved by God. And we will spend eternity with him. No matter what happens, we are still, uh, Jesus, God is still Lord of our lives. He's still on the throne. We have confidence before God's judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and we are made perfect in his love. And because of that, we should have confidence in everything we do because no matter what happens, even if the worst things that happen to us, we as divinely loved children of God, we are known by God and we will spend eternity with him. The third reason we shouldn't be afraid is because God lives or abides in us through his spirit. 
Our passage says this, no one ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And this love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he, is, he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that God has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. God lives in them and they live in God. In the last half verse of Matthew 28, just after Jesus gives the great commission, he says this, Surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is, is with us, even to the end. At times throughout his ministry, Jesus told his disciples that he'd be leaving. He'd be leaving and going up to the Father. This Christ, this Emmanuel, God with us, was going to live, was going to first live with them, but then, then leave them. I can imagine the disciples were kind of afraid. What do you mean you're leaving? You just got this thing started. Why, why are you leaving us? But then we read these words in John's Gospel in chapter 14. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. All this I have spoken while still with you but the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything i've said to you peace peace i leave with you my peace i give to you i do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid you see jesus jesus didn't die on the cross and come back to life and said Okay, guys, I'm out. Good luck with the rest of your life. Make disciples and stuff. I'll see you later. He didn't say that. He didn't just say that and just disappear. God the Father sent us the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name as an advocate or a helper. The Greek word is parakletos. Not only does it mean advocate, but intercessor, consoler, comforter. The root word para means beside, and kaleo, which means is, is call, to invite. So God has called the Holy Spirit to be beside us. This is a foreign concept to people. They say things like, why would the creator of the universe want anything to do with me? Why would he want to be beside me or in me or ne even near me? Why? Because we are his agapetas. We are his divinely loved ones. He loves us so much that he wants to be inside us. And God within us means that we get gifts and fruits that's a topic for another sermon, but God gives us fruits and gifts. He's in us. He's with us. He's behind us, just like our song said this morning. 
God lives in us and he's with us always. So why? Why should we be afraid? If we are born of God and have faith in him, we have overcome the world. Let me read 1 John 5, 1 to 5 again. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only, one, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There are two words, two words that stood out to me in this. Overcome and victory. The, the word John uses for victory here is not used anywhere else in the Bible. You might actually have the word written on your sneakers. Nike. Nikkei. The word for overcome is similar. It's nakao. Most, tra most translations translate as overcome. But the first definition I saw in every Greek dictionary I looked at defines it as conquer. It's used as I conquer. I am victorious. I overcome. I prevail. So let's recap. Beloved, let us love one another, for love's, love is of God, and anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commandments. His commands aren't burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. What's that mean? Let's start loving God, doing what he says. Let's start walking like Jesus walked and loving like Jesus loved. And when we do that, we will be victorious. When we do that, we will overcome anything that comes our way. And, and by the way, God's commands, they're more simple than, than we make them out to be. God's plan a little more simple than we make it out to be. You want to know what God's commands and his plan for your life? Matthew 22, 36 to 40, make it clear. Teacher, what is the greatest command in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. Love God with all you have and love your neighbor. All the rest is just filler. Okay, let me get to the reason why I titled my sermon, It's Friday, I'm in Love. There's a, British, there's a song by the British rock band, The Cure, called Friday, I'm in Love. And, and I heard it a couple weeks ago, and it's that one of those earworms that keep going on in your head and your head. And so I've, I've been singing ever since. Here are some of the lyrics. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. 
Thursday, I don't care about you because Friday, I'm in love. Monday, you can fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Oh, Thursday, doesn't even start. It's Friday, I'm in love. Saturday, wait. Sunday always comes too late. But Fridays never hesitate. I don't care if Monday's black. Tuesday, Wednesday, heart attack. Yeah. Thursday, never looking back. It's Friday, I'm in love. Monday, you can hold your head. Tuesday, Wednesday, stay in bed. Or Thursday, watch the walls instead. It's Friday, I'm in love. You know what, I like this song. It, it always goes back to Friday. It does. It always comes back to Friday. You see, for the author, no matter what happens Sunday through Thursday, it doesn't matter because he keeps his eyes on Friday. It's Friday. He's in love. So Marsh Creek, let's live like it's Friday. Let's fall in love with God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let's start believing that Jesus is who he says he is. Let's start living and loving like Jesus. And it's in doing that not only will, be, will we be fearless, but we'll find abundant and everlasting life.